Amen. Y'all don't need me preaching. Did you hear what she just said? Come on. You may not know how, and you may not know when. And it most definitely won't be when you want it to be. But he'll do it again. How you know that, preacher? Because I seed him. I seed him do it. And because his word said he would, and he's not a man that he should lie, he watches over his word to perform it. His word will accomplish what he sent it to do. And you can trust the Lord. Happy birthday. You can trust the Lord. You may not can trust yourself, but you can trust the Lord. I'm still, I still hung up on the first song. He saved me just in time. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Man, I was down a dark, dead-end road. Tried everything the world said, if you just do this, you'll be happy. And sin was fun for a season. But it got old. You know what I'm talking about. Things that they said will bring it were fakes and phonies. It was uh, a counterfeit. Wasn't real. Didn't last. I want you to get into your mind tonight. I'm primarily going to be speaking to Christians, although this is applicable to everyone. God never intended for you, his children, to be the devil's punching. God never intended for you to feel like Rocky Balboa. Remember how when he went and interviewed for the job at the bank, if you ever saw the movie Rocky, and the banker looked at him and said, well, I understand you're a fighter and uh, a pretty good one. Rocky says, uh, you ever been hit in the face 500 times in a night? It uh, kind of stings after a little bit. Well, some of you have been punched so many times by the devil and you feel black and blue and bruised and sore. And I want you to know you don't have to be that. I want you to know that according to God's word, he's called us to be more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. The word of God says this about you. And the people that do know their God shall do exploits. Great and mighty things. Jesus even said, these things that you've seen me do, shall you do also. And greater works than these shall you do because, don't miss that for God, because, because I, He endues us with power by his precious Holy Spirit. He equips us with his word. He protect, cleanses and protects us with his blood. And he commissions us to go. 
tell. Go be. Go do. What you put your hands to. When you do it unto the Lord, will prosper. Brother Marvin talked about last week how so oftentimes we pray defensively. Now we've got to learn to play, pray and play, but pray offensively. And we've got to go on the attack. I better go where the Lord wants me to go instead of where I want to go. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Genesis chapter 22? while we're on that subject and you're turning there I might share with you something that I read the day before yesterday J.J. Watts all pro defensive lineman for the Houston Texans you probably know that name because he just raised several million dollars for the flood victims down in Houston he he has a devotion in this uh, devotional in this book that I was reading and the very first page right in the center of the page this is all it said listen to it chew on it it says success is not owned it's leased and the rent is due every day think about it success is not owned it's leased, and the rent is due every day. Whether we're talking spiritually, athletically, business world, or whatever, when your feet hit the ground every day, there's a price to pay for continued success. I want to talk to you tonight from God's Word about seven things. Seven steps to greatness. Genesis chapter 22, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Or in this text, it's, it's, it, this reference is meaning tested Abraham. We know that God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man with evil. But what he's doing is he's testing Abraham's obedience. He's testing Abraham's faith. He's giving him a test. And you'll see why a little bit later on. But he tempted Abraham, and he said unto him, Abraham... And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place. Don't miss that. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place afar off. Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood and of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son and he took the fire in his hand and a knife and they went both of them together and Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said my father and he said here am I my son and he said behold the fire and the wood but 
Where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. And they came to the place. Noticing that word, the place. And they came to the place, which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called him out of, to him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he looked, and behold, behind him in a, a ram caught in a thicket by his horn. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the place, the name of that place, Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. The angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven a sec the second time. And he said, By myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because thou hast obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned unto his young men, and they rose up and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt in Beersheba. I want to talk to you tonight briefly about seven steps to greatness. The first step we find in verse 3, and it's the step of submission. You notice in verse 3, uh, in verses 1 and 2, God told Abraham from the get-go. He didn't spring anything on him later. He didn't catch him by surprise. He told him right up front, I want you to take your son, and I want you to go to a place that I'm going to show you, and there I want you to sacrifice him, meaning I want you to kill him. Many of you know and can remember the story of how Abraham and, or Abram and Sarah conceived at an old age and this was supposed to be the son of promise, and son of a covenant, son of a blessing, and now God's telling him right up front, go kill him. Most of us would have pulled back. Most of us would have questioned, did I really hear God? Most of us would have wanted to do anything but that. But in verse 3, we see where he submitted to that word from God and that Abraham rose up, saddled his ass, and he went. I want you to understand something. The first step to greatness is submission. It's the step of submission. You've got to learn to submit to those that are in authority over you, whether it's a boss your parents, the laws of your land. We've got to learn to submit. 
according to God's word. We've got to learn to submit and to prefer one another. But most importantly, we've got to learn to submit to God. We've got to submit ourselves, therefore, unto God. We've got to submit this sinful man that I am and was and submit to his plan of salvation and surrender my will for his will and exchange death for life and embrace the work of Calvary and be cleansed by that pristine blood that was shed on that cross. Actually, before he got to the cross at the whipping post, he left a, 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 a blood-soaked trail all the way from the whipping block to the cross. All of the blood was pure. All of it was shed for you and me. We know that he was beaten beyond recognition. Why? Because by his stripes, we're healed and we're made well and made whole. He took that beating for us. His body endured the pain and the suffering and the shame. His body went through what we experience in life. Yet he stayed faithful and true all the way. Not only to just death, but a little trip before he ascends, he descends. And he goes into the regions of the damned and he takes the keys of death telling the grave away there's another sermon but we've got to take the first step of submission and i want you to realize something right now if you fail this test you will live and you will die frustrated i want you to know when you live a life of rebellion and full of pride and resistance and arrogance and don't submit to authority. Don't follow the laws of the land. I promise you, Warden Lewis has got a prison full of folks over there because they didn't follow the laws of the land. Is that correct, Warden? Probably some of you need to be there. But by the grace of God, you're here. Praise the Lord. Amen. I know I should have been there at one time, but guess what? I ain't the man that I used to be. I ain't the man that they've been looking for because I'm a new creation in him. I'm a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All means all. That's all all means. Not some. All things have become new. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Don't let the devil beat you up with that. You never were nothing. You'll never amount to nothing. Some of the things that you've been told by your parents or your uncles or your aunts or your wife or whoever. You sorry, no-count sucker. You won't ever amount to nothing. Prove them wrong, because that's not what God says about you. You're my beloved. And he says, oh, listen to what he says about you. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health but don't miss this, even as your soul, soul prospers. Yes, he wants to bless you. Yes, he wants to prosper you. Yes, he wants to meet your needs. But he's saying, don't forget to let your spirit man grow. Let your spirit man learn of me. Let your spirit man submit to the will of God and the word of God and the ways of God. Let your spirit man rise to the occasion. That comes through submission. The Lord resists the proud, but he exalts 
the humble. Humility comes by submission. Secondly, in verse 4, the second step is the step of sensitivity. For we see in verse 4 where he says, you go to a place that I'm going to show you, and they're offering. Now, he's been traveling for three days, and it says he saw the place afar off. When he saw the place, he recognized in his spirit, that's God. That's where he wants me. Have you been to the place? Have you been to that place that he's called you to go, that he's shown you? Is you have you developed a sensitivity in your spirit, man? Have you learned to listen to the voice of discernment, the check of the Holy Spirit, the nudge of the Holy Spirit, turn here, go there, stop, be quiet, quit talking? Shared with my niece the other night. She likes to talk. And I told her, I won't call no names because I got several nieces. (laughs) You'll be wondering who. But I said, listen. Had you ever noticed that God gave us two ears and one mouth? We're supposed to listen twice as much as we talk. I think it went right over. But if we'll get to that place that we're hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and the nudge of the discernment of His Spirit, we're sensitive to that. Oh, that's a step that's going to produce results. For the kingdom. Thirdly, let me hurry along. Verse 5. The third step is a step of separation. See, he told those young men that he took along with him. He says, y'all stay here with the asses, and me and the boys are going to go yonder and worship, and we'll be back. Now, we're in a cowboy church, and I read it in the Word. So to make my point, I'm going to make it like this. Sometimes to get to the place or to go where God's wanting you to go, you got to leave the asses behind. You got to leave people, things, stuff that would hold you back, that would keep you from going up to the place that God wants you to go. Inventory your life. Look around you. Look at those that have become a, that may possibly be in your life that's a stumbling block. Look at those that are trying to pull you in the wrong direction. Look at those that may be trying to have a negative influence on you. And let me remind you of this. The Word says this. Let us lay aside every weight. Some of them aren't sins. But let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Sometimes you've got to lay some things and some stuff and some people, you've got to leave them behind to go where God's wanting you to go. Now, hopefully, and I believe with all my heart, because I saw it happen in my life, you'll get to a place that you're strong enough in God, you're equipped enough with God, you can go back to those people, and you can help them go to the place. You can help them get to the place where the Lord would like for them to go. Separation, number three. Number four, verse six. You've got to set the stage. 
See, they took the wood. They took the fire. They took the knife. They did what they could do. They were going to set the stage to be obedient to what God had said. The Bible says, you know, to, to uh, faith without works is dead. He, he expects us to do what we can do in every circumstance, in every situation, unless it's one of those situations that you've heard his voice, he'll say, stand still. You don't need to fight in this battle. Just watch what I'm about to do. But most of the time, it will involve you doing what you can do. Fifthly, verse 9, it's a step of sacrifice. See, he laid him on the altar to kill him. Now, Bible scholars say, I read in one of my commentaries, I'm certainly not a Bible scholar, but I read in there where Isaac at this time was roughly 30 to 33 years old. He wasn't a little boy that I had always envisioned. He was a grown man, well able to take his old man, well able to not get on that pile of wood that he's fixing to, in his mind, be consumed with fire. But have you ever thought about the obedience? Of Isaac, the submission of Isaac to what his dad was saying, boy, get up there. He just got through saying, Dad, I see the knife. I see the wood. I see the fire. Where's, where's the sacrifice? And right there in the next verse or two, he says, you're it. <laughs> get up there. And let me just add this. Nine, there are nine steps in the cutting of a covenant. If you go back and study covenant, one book that I recommend, if you can still find it, it's called The Blood Covenant, and there are several books called that. But the one I'm talking about is The Blood Covenant by Charles Booker. And he talks about the nine steps involved in cutting a covenant. Jesus, of course, in the New Testament, the New Covenant, he fulfills all nine. Isaac, in this story that we're reading tonight, he fulfills eight of the nine. Guess which one he can't provide? Sinless blood. Therefore, he couldn't die the death. His sacrifice would not have been worthy. So we see. Let me add this. A sacrifice, if, it, if you don't love it or need it, it's not a sacrifice. If you've got the kind of money you can just run your hand in your pocket and hand somebody a $100 bill and you never miss it, that's not a sacrifice. But if you're not the kind of man that ha or woman that has that kind of money and the Lord speaks to you to give it and you obey and you do it, that's a sacrifice because you, need, you needed that honey. Or I had a story, a case one time, I had a really good roping horse. Name was Kojak. Been to the NFR. Very high quality horse. Dog Gilliman rode him at the NFR twice, John. And there was a man, I won't call his name. He bought a horse, it died. He got another horse, exhausting his checking account, and it died. College. Now, I'm not doing this. Please understand. 
But the Lord spoke to me out there in the barn one day. He says, you need to give that horse to so-and-so. <laughs> I went, do what? You need to give that horse to so-and-so. And I knew I heard the Lord. So I called this man, and it was hard. Because I loved that. Let me tell you what happened. That was a sacrifice. We were at a roping school one day. Walking along there, and we were going to eat lunch. And there's a man walked up beside me, and he says, Brother Dennis, have you got a dollar? Sure do. I gave him a $1 bill. I said, do you need another one? No. That's all I need. He said, I noticed you was down at that place not long ago, and you was really eyeballing that sorrel horse, and you really seemed to like him, and I wanted to give him to you. But the Lord said, no. If you give him to you, and he don't fit him, or he don't like him, he may feel like he has to keep him. He may feel like he can't sell him, or he can't give him away, or whatever. He says, but you just bought yourself a horse. You can kill him, you can sell him, you can trade him, you can do whatever you want to with him. Now I'm going to go on and finish the story. That horse never came to this property. Man over in Texas took him home with him, fell in love with him, Wanted to buy him. I wouldn't price him because I was kind of partial to him too. A lot of time went by. I said, okay, I'll sell him. And I gave him five options. One of them was a whole bunch of money, no strings attached. The next one was a whole bunch of money and a horse to trade for, that I could rope on. And the third option was the one that he took, which is the one I was hoping that he would. And this hadn't been that long ago, by the way. And that involved quite a bit of money up front and 10% of what he wins on that horse for two years to be tithed to this church. And he's already tithed about $3,500 on it. I told him when I, we made the deal, I said, I hope you win $5 million on it. And I said, but remember this. That's God's money. You better send your tithe in or you robbing from God. <laughs> so my point is this. It's not a sacrifice unless it's something that you love or something that you need. So when God tells you to sacrifice something, be obedient. Thirdly, uh, sixthly, in verse 12, You've got to develop the step of being able to switch. Because see, there's Isaac on the, on the, the death bed. God said, wait, hold it, hold it. I've seen your heart. I know your faithfulness. Don't you lay a hand on him. Don't you touch him. There's a change in plans. 
Point seven, verse 13, there's a substitute, the step of substituting what God provides. There was a ram in the thicket. They sacrificed that ram. Abraham and Isaac go back down to the young lads. and Here we are today, you and I, recipients of that blessing in verse, I think, 18 or 19. Somewhere along in there where it says, And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Tonight, God's calling you to greatness. Come on up, Nathaniel. God's calling you to step out of your comfort zone. He's calling you to step out of your case of Rasarah. He's calling you to, to step out of your traditions and to go to the place that he has or is going to show you. Would you bow your heads real quickly? And I want to just address you in a couple areas. You say one, you say, Dennis, I've heard the voice of the Lord before and him directing me to do such and such or go so and so and I just have been disobedient and I hadn't been there. Tonight I recognize that if I'm going to be blessed, by God, I've got to walk in obedience. Tonight you would say, this message has challenged me to surrender it all, to submit and go to the place. Could I see your hand? I want to pray for you right where you sit. Yes, sir. 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 Yes, ma'am. And maybe you're here tonight and you say, Dennis, I've never submitted to the call of God to repent and be born again. And I recognize tonight my need of a Savior. I recognize that I've been doing it on my own time, my own way. But I recognize there's only one way. That's Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Tonight you'd like to ask him to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you and you become a child of God. If that's you, could I see your hand? Anyone, anywhere? Slip it right up, slip it right back down. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anyone else? Very quickly. Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? Real quickly. Slip it up, slip it right back down. Your moment, your time. Thank you, sir. Look up here at me. God loves you so much. In spite of what you've done, in spite of what you haven't done, and he's saying, come. Just come. Now you've raised your hand and I'm expecting you to come to Christ because of that, saying, hey, that's me. I want to be sure you understand that the Word of God says this, that we believe if we believe that Jesus is God's Son, by the way, he's the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world when it said in there that God will provide himself a son. That's Jesus. I mean, provide himself a sacrifice. That's Jesus. But the word says that if we believe that he is God's son, that he died for us, for our sins, but he didn't stay dead. He resurrected, walked out of a grave, has the desire and the ability to give life 
to those of us that would dare to reach out to him and call upon him. He said, if we believe that in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, that we're saved, our sins are cleansed, we become a child of God. But that's just the beginning point. It'll be a process of learning to hear his voice, learning to listen to his word, learning to obey him. But it'll be a joyful ride. It's not a list of don'ts like you've been taught. It's a list of do's. We'll just do his word. Blessings pursue us and overtake us. The peace of God that surpasses understanding will be there in rough times, in good times, in sad times, in poor times to give us peace beyond understanding, to supply our every need spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, to do what we can't. That's the God that we serve. So with that knowledge, would you pray with me? You see, my prayers can't save you. You must ask, and you must believe, and then hold on and watch what the Lord does in your life. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I've been running long enough. Tonight I run to you instead of from you. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me with your blood, to come into my life and to save me. Make me a new creature. Now, Lord, I don't understand everything, but I understand this much. I can't do it on my own. I need you. Help me to learn your voice, to learn your ways, so that I can live a life that brings honor to you and pleasure to me. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I pray for those that had lifted their hands earlier about having run from the place, that raised their hands tonight that said they want to commit to going to that place and to following through and doing what you've called them to do and spoken to them to do. Now, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that the courage would rise in them, the strength would rise in them. Now, Lord, when they get there, They'll forever impact those that are around. That the kingdom of God would be enriched. In Jesus' name.